morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are on this awesome day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coffee and Christ. And you guys, Brenda and I, again, this is Robert Bolden, Life Transformed. We get people out of isolation and into community. You guys, I'm so excited, I can't stand it. I'm looking out over a lake. What is the name of this lake? Hidden Cove. Hidden Cove Lake mm -hmm. in North Bend. I can see the sun coming up on a dock just adjacent to where we are. We're on a little sun porch here. And what is really exciting is um, I've got, we have two of our most amazing partners, brothers and sisters in Christ uh, with us this morning. Uh, Russell Shaw and Michelle Magner. Good morning. Good to be here. It's a crowd. <laughs> it is a crowd. And we've got our coffee and we're on the sun porch and Michelle made an awesome sign, coffee in Christ. You guys want to put pictures up on social media. With a hashtag. Of the, of the scene, mm -hmm. yeah, and the setting that we have here. Uh, so you can you can just um, close close your eyes and imagine that you're here with us. And I'm, I'm uh, going to give you another exciting announcement. I'm going to start a pod that we're going to release on Thursdays. And it's all about big dreams. So we are going to be interviewing people and talking about their big dreams. Now that is awesome. It's exciting. Isn't it exciting? All right, you guys. Let's get right to it. The verse of the day today. Ooh, it's going weird on me. Is yeah. this the one you have here? Technical difficulties, well, that's what I'm trying to find. Sometimes the Bible app goes weird. I think I've got it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> but when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Yes. Yes, <laughs> say more. Well, I... Yes, I think that that's, um, <laughs> um, I think it, well, it's just saying that when we're, when we're serving, we're not doing it to say, look at me. So uh, we're serving because that's what we are called to do. Jesus called us to serve, so we do it without um, needing to have applause. Two hands would require, yeah, that's, applause yeah. for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And you guys, I want you to give us comments. Brenda's trying to talk louder because she got some great feedback yesterday. Go ahead, babe. I'm three quarters of the way done with this coffee. By the time I'm done, I'll be loud. <laughs> <laughs> so this is... But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. What I hear is the five second rule, right? You just jump in and do it. Don't, don't oh. overthink it. Don't overthink it. Don't analyze it too much. I like that. Jump in there and, and help. That helps me, Michelle, because I was getting nothing. I read that. I'm like, <laughs> hmm. That's the cool thing about the Bible, right? Yeah. Just like if I was reading this in isolation, just me, I'd be like, well, <clears throat> don't know. <laughs> and I would just go on. Right? Russell, anything from you on this one? Well, I'm just, I was just thinking about how whenever, you know, I mean, not letting the left hand know what the right hand is doing, you know, it's all about doing it 
just for Christ, the fact that this goes back to, to loving unconditionally. I mean, you know, everything in the Bible points to Christ. And we should all, to me, I mean, because this loving unconditionally thing is really, really, I hate to use the word gnawing at me, but it's, because <laughs> Bob says I use negative words sometimes. The positive <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Bob says, or do you use negative I use words? Ne- <laughs> I use negative words and have a positive meaning for them, okay? So whatever, something is, so let's just go ahead and go with gnawing. When something is gnawing at me. That's right. <laughs> On my heart. Oh my heart! There we go. Look at Michelle. The words there. there. And and you know, so and it makes me want to spend more time there. Makes me want to say, okay, if I'm going to love unconditionally, and I've got this desire, this gnawing, how do I change that? Because God wouldn't have put this idea of of unconditional love in there. And I think one of the reasons I sit, I think about that. And it's been high on there is just because there's so many things going on in our community that people are not loving each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are far from it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, just a little bit of love. I mean, don't don't you don't have to love them unconditionally. That's a lot of work. But just a little <laughs> bit of love. I mean, it is. It is. Yeah. I mean, you know, just a little bit of love. I mean, I mean, you know, the more you think about unconditional love, the, you know, I mean, that's tough. Oh yeah, dude. But I unconditionally love all y'all. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> we feel it. Yeah, yeah. And we, and we boomerang it back. We boomerang, boomerang it. Back. Oh, that'll be a whole nother podcast, you guys. We had a, yeah. the, we were, we're calling it from here on out the Russell Boomerang story, and you guys will hear more about that in the future. All right, you guys, let's go on to the plan here. Oh, now it's it's not showing me the plan. Is it showing you the plan? The plan is we're moving forward. Just hang in yeah, there. <laughs> my phone is going walkie for. Oh wait, my plan is. Give me, I got it right here. Come on, baby. But you know, in your own life, as you're thinking about what it means to, to love unconditionally, you know, think about everything that you do, everything that you walk into, and, and situations you get into, and you think, how can I do this and love unconditionally? Because that's tough. I'm just talking while Bob's bringing us up. So, but I mean, but this is still, I mean, it's it's important, and you know, and if we don't practice what we talk about, it's hard to get good at it. Right. Well, and you have, you really have to center yourself. When oh you're, yeah. You have to have a mindful, centered approach yeah. when you're walking yeah. into those situations, because otherwise you're just autopilot. Mm-hmm. And who yeah. knows what is. And that five-second rule yeah. works so good for unconditional loving because. If you want to love, this is so good because if you're using that five-second rule and you really want to love somebody, your 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 first inclination is going to be, how do I love? Mm-hmm. But if right. you don't do that within that five seconds, it's boop. Yeah. Because it goes against what we really are comfortable doing. This like, Holy Spirit, you know, baby. Yeah. That's it. As you know. All right, we got it now. We okay. found it. I'm going to actually go back to one of the other ones that we did because we just finished that other plan yesterday. Yeah, we did. So here we go. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. This will be fun. Have joy and money. If you've been in church long enough, you've probably heard the pastor say, Jesus spoke on money more than any other topic. It's true that Jesus and the Bible have a lot to say about money. But this doesn't help your anxiety over it. I want to introduce you to a new perspective about your relationship with money. 
Not long ago, I learned that our anxiety around money can stem from what financial counselors Brad and Ted Klontz call money disorders. If you thumb through the Bible, it's easy to see. We do have a disordered relationship with money. Fortunately for us, the Bible speaks to every common money disorder and gives us a clear path to joy in our finances. I want to show you what the Bible has to say on the three common money disorders. Afterwards, you can identify which relationship fits you the most and take the steps to reclaim your heart from the pull of money. The first money disorder is called money avoidance. In short, you want to avoid money altogether. This disordered relationship can force you to get rid of money fast, not look at your bank account, and earn less than what you need. Money avoidance can also result from a belief that God doesn't want us to have money. But the Bible is clear that the love of money is what we should avoid, not money itself. Money, in fact, is used for many good kingdom purposes. In Acts 2, we see the fellowship of believers giving money to those who need it. Further in Acts, we see Paul earn money through his craft of tent making. He used the money he earned in a kingdom honoring way. I remember when I first re read this, I'm like, dang, Paul was a tent maker. <laughs> I wonder what kind of tents that dude made. I would have loved to have a Paul vintage. Just think about that. Yeah. He used to be Saul. He was Paul. He started making tents. You're like, dude, I got a Paul tent. <laughs> I think that would be so awesome. The temptation here is to believe that all of our money should be given to others and not ourselves. This is a form of money avoidance because we're avoiding money to the point where our needs are neglected. But if you look at how Paul describes his work in Acts 20, 33-35, you'll see that Paul says the goal of his money is to meet his needs. Nowhere in the Bible does it say money is a necessary evil. And we hear that all the time. I we? say that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I say that all the time. Nowhere, it's not in the Bible. So you know how you say, this is a great one, babe, because you always say, I filter everything through the Bible. So this is a great lesson for you. Mm -hmm something you say and use your own uh, method where you're like, oh, dang, I didn't see that in the Bible. So it's not true. <laughs> you see how I said that kind of meekly because I don't know. If yeah. I... <laughs> yeah. She's still got hot coffee. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Instead, we see snapshots of committed, hold on. We see snapshots of committed disciples working for money, taking care of their needs, and giving back to the kingdom. If money is avoided, our needs get ignored. And if our needs are ignored, our impact for the kingdom can be slowed. Today, pray that God would reveal your fear surrounding money. If you have a habit of letting go of money too fast or avoiding it altogether, pray that God would heal this disordered relationship with money. <clears throat> yes, God, please heal it. <laughs> well say more about that babe I definitely think I have the uh, money avoidance I think that one is for sure me I don't I don't like I hate looking at my bank account mm. I just don't like it and I've tried that the visualization Bob says every time you write a check to um, somebody thank them or think you know and I I'm not I haven't been as consistent with it because I don't enjoy it um, you know what? I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy it. it. I don't I enjoy, enjoy it. it. So I think that's definitely my my thing. And I do think that that has been my mindset, that money is a necessary evil. And um, I always think of, 
I think of money as the way to acquire um, safety so that I have the freedom to do the things that I really think God is calling me to do. Interesting. Yeah. And that's about as that's about as warm and fuzzy as I can get around money. So I love at this point. So it's interesting. You said money gives you safety. Mm-hmm. To, and then it gives me freedom to do the things that I want to do, you know, um, with the table and things like that. Like I'm thinking of it as more of a tool than a treasure. I really, I mean, I used to think you had you had to choose love or money. Like, I would never marry for money. I wanted to be sure I married for love. And it's been in the last five years that it dawned on me, wow, I could have both. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad I married for love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> women yes. don't marry for money, do they? Yeah. Yes. yes, you are. <laughs> People, not just women. Right. People. People. Yeah, good one. I like yeah. it. But we really, in our home, have this uh, saying, we are money magnets money flows to us freely and we talk a lot mm-hmm. Maxwell talks about being a river and so we we talk about that a lot just we are money magnets and it's interesting the little checks that show up in the mail mm-hmm. as a result of that yeah. um, but it takes money to build churches yeah it takes money to pay pastors it takes money mm-hmm. you know to do the good work in the community yep. that we mm-hmm. want to do mm-hmm that's it right. takes it takes money to love unconditionally when you want to help other people. I mean, no, not always, but I mean that's a lot of times. In order for somebody to feel loved, sometimes you have to help meet a need, you know. And that might be just taking somebody down to, to get a sandwich somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have enough money to buy a sandwich, <laughs> yeah, right? You know, and I mean I know that's that's very simple, but I mean it's just it's so true. I mean well, you know because they're not going to listen. They're not interested in what you got to say. They're not, and I wonder about the start, you know. Right. You started this, maybe a strong well, word, but Jesus fed people. Like he did. that's how right. he was. I mean, but he was Jesus, and he could take yeah. a fish and a, and a bread and feed four thousand people. You know. Yeah. So, but you're right. I mean, I think that's, mm-hmm. and I um, think very practically. And so I think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And if your basic human needs are not being met, you will not be able to um, minister to the next level of need. You, I mean, we just have to have food. Yeah. We have to have food, water, shelter, and before we can give them hope, even though on your um, scale, Michelle, have you heard of scale? No, I'll. Yeah, so on your scale, hope you can live the least amount of time without, but without the other two, you are, you know, you. you But guess what? Guess what? Are you talking about the four Four. things? Guess what? Forty minutes. Forty minutes of. Let's see. Forty days without food. Okay, let's get this going. (laughs) Forty. I say, I like this. 40, 40 days without food, four days without water, four minutes without air, but you can only live four seconds without hope. Interesting. Wow. That's powerful. That's good. And what I say to all that, I love it. I mean, Maslow and all, you know, I, I did some research on Maslow. He was jacked up. It's one thing he did. <laughs> it's one of those things where God supersedes all of that. Absolutely. All right? So, yeah, you know, we, we as humans... We can say, oh yeah, we've got these basic needs, and well, yeah, if we believe that, then it'll be true. Yeah. If we believe it, it'll be true. God, it says it all over the Bible, right? He is our food. He is. He is everything. We don't need anything but Him. 
He will feed us. He yeah. will take care of our basic needs. All of those things. So I think um, for me, I can just speak for me, if I hold on to any of those things that I have to, you know, have this world meet these basic needs before I can, you know, then I think I'm letting God down. I'm like, he's like, dude, come on now. Look yeah. at the Bible. What else is in there? And then the other thing for me on this is Satan, mm -hmm. right? The reason you see money show up so much in the Bible is because God knows that that's Satan's biggest trick. Mm -hmm. is is you know to honor money over God and God's yeah. love so so Jesus you know all the things all the ways that he he taught and we're gonna read some of them here coming up so it's amazing to me that that and I you guys know me I'm an upholder and once I know money is a Satan trick I'm like uh-uh <laughs> ain't happening to this boy you know and it hasn't come overnight. I mean, I had a negative um, perception and I had a, had self-doubts around money because people that I saw had money were always, and I know I should never use always, but I saw a lot of people that weren't honest. They were uh, not honorable people. The people that I saw as I went up the corporate ladder that had money, I'm like, well, that's not right. Yeah. Right, and that's a trick. That's a Satan trick too. Yeah. These people that have taken, you know, they they go for money all their lives, and then they get there. My mom gave me something from Joseph Campbell once, and it's like, you know, so many people climb the ladder, looking for the pot of the gold at the end, yeah. and they get there. They had all this money, and they realize the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. Yeah. Boom. They you went, know? Yeah, they went the wrong way all yeah. this time. Yeah. Well, Tony Robbins tells us that money just amplifies who we already are. Yes. yes. Oh. So I love that, Michelle. <laughs> yes. yes. So those, you know, for those individuals, it just made them more of who they already were, which I think for the people in this room, we need the money. We don't yeah. need it, but do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. We can want, do such yeah. good we with We can it. do such good with that money, so it's important to have that perspective. Yes. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And some people are, that are good at making money just they, they do it because they do love it, you know. You know, Warren Buffett. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know how old he is. You know, it's like in his eighties or something. But he still gets up every day to make money, and he doesn't need it, but he loves doing it. Yeah, it and is, he's good it? at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's doing good stuff with it. Yeah, yeah. doing good stuff with it. But, but does, but <laughs> that's right. We we don't know for sure. Right. But that's yeah. it. Goes back to exactly what you said. You know, why are you doing it? And he's like, I just love making money. Yeah. Is that, you know? Well, aren't we all doing what we love? Like, I love, like, I really love what I do. And, but, yeah, I love what I do. So, I need to stop at that. And I need not to worry about the money. It's funny. When you said <laughs> you, you guys are money magnets, and I think you, as magners, magnets. Yes, I'm yes. like, I, th I feel that. I see that. Yes. And then with Bob, it's always like, um, he's a bolden, but he's so bold. Like, yes. I, it's so very... Um, descriptive, yeah. and, I, and I am. I always joke that Bob is like literally Mr. Magoo yeah. with the money. Yeah. <laughs> it, just comes. it just comes, you know. There could be a disaster somehow. He avoids the disaster and winds up, you know, in another. I'm like, how did that happen? <laughs> but I think to your point, it's um, that money. I mean, it, it can flow through us, mm -hmm. and it can 
if we're in service to people, the money will come. Right. And if we're adding value to people, the Boom. money will come. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what God wants. Sowing, sowing, sowing. We just have to do what we love. Whenever we go back to the thing about the the bread and the, and the food and feeding all these people, um, God has an abundance and, and we can do the same. We can show up at a place with just a lunchbox and feed all those people just like Jesus did. We we have a we have a, we have a faith problem sometimes. I mean, just I mean, you know, and so I love the way you said we, and then I'm going to admit it. <laughs> I haven't met a whole lot of people that that even, even people with a lot of faith. You know, sometimes they'll say, well, you know, I've got a I've got a faith problem. And faith is a big is a big word in in, a, in our Christians' lives. It's huge, and, and I you know that's a powerful thing, Russell. And I was I was. Brenda probably loves this because I always get on her about all these kinds of things. When yes, I'm so glad that the, the, the <laughs> so. arrow is pointed at others. So, yeah. When we say we, that that is a that is a way to say, well, really you. I'm just saying we to be polite. Oh no, <laughs> no people I mean, take it too, that yeah. way. I know. Yeah. So I have been trying always hard to say I. Yeah. For me, I, because then people relate more. True. To you. You know, if I can say, I was jacked up around money because I was avoiding it, then people are like, oh, yeah, I was, I yeah. am too. I can relate. Right. If we say we, then it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. we. Proverbial me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a faith problem because I know I'm not going to have enough faith that like, I can use my lunchbox to feed. <laughs> I love it, bro. All right, let's get into some scripture here. <laughs> All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Peter heals a crippled beggar. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man, lame from birth, was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate. The one called the beautiful gate, so he could be so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have money, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. Up and walk. Get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then, walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's coronet where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? Kind of like you, Russell, with your 
with your bucket and feeding people, right? <laughs> For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. Amen. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. Then Moses said, anyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. Starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what is happening today. You are the children of those prophets and you are included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham, through your descendants, all the families on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, Jesus, he sent him first to you people of Israel to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. Boom. I think the thing that stands out the most in this story to me, and I've and I've always, <clears throat> whenever you watch, when you watch a, a, a Christian show and they show people being healed and stuff, it's like they get up and they wobble and all these things. It never says that in the Bible. <laughs> they are healed and they're not wobbling. They, they get up and they, I mean, you know, and and they do. I mean, they, they get up and. and they they are healed completely. They have the balance. They have the strength. They have everything, you know. And I realize it's so easy for us. Well, they don't have balance, you know. They've been like, but but God doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. He gives you everything immediately. Immediately, it doesn't. It's you know whatever. If we you know if we if I live on that faith, <laughs> way to go, way to go. If I live on that faith thing, and 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 I'm expecting something, God and God works. He's gonna work completely. It's not going to be just a little bit, and and that's what I think of whenever I, you know, in the healing. You never hear you never hear it in the Bible. Well, you know, he had to wobble a little bit. He got up. No, he got up and he ran. He got. I mean, he just. It was says he was healed boom, completely. Right. All right. Here's the next one from Luke. Oh, go ahead. Oh, or should we talk about what? Okay. <laughs> the crowds asked, "What should we do?" John replied. If you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Even corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized and asked, Teacher, what should we do? He replied, Collect no more taxes than the government requires. What should we do? asked some soldiers. John replied, Don't extort money or make false accusations and be content with your pay. I think, Michelle, that's exactly what you were saying, right? Do good. Mm -hmm. Do good. Right. Well, and with the previous story if you know if they were not in a position where their needs were at a baseline of being met I mean they basically said we're not just going to hand you money we're going to get to the root cause and fix the problem mm-hmm. right 
So once once you're in a position where you have two shirts, I mean, it's just a much easier position to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. To help others. Well, I think it, it goes to that. I mean, if you if you have to heal yourself first, you have to take care of yourself first so that you have it to give to others. Right. You know, that's it. That's... It's like the water pitcher. You can only you cannot pour from an empty pitcher. Exactly. You ha- it has to be mm-hmm. full so that you it can overflow. Exactly. Yeah. This exactly. is so cool. So I'm going to read uh, Brenda's comment from when we did this study. Hmm. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> and my my comment. So Brenda said, "I can't give what I don't have. Yeah. So I must acquire money so I have something to share." Oh. Yeah. Isn't that I beautiful? Can see that. You're so insightful. <laughs> <laughs> I was writing it, not talking. <laughs> <laughs> but that is awesome, girl. Mm-hmm. And using that shirt analogy, dang, I want like a whole closet full yeah. of shirts. Right. Right? Yes. Good news, my closet overfloweth. <laughs> <laughs> she can dress a lot of people. <laughs> Welcome oh, yeah. to my world. She will not even let me in the closet anymore. Because I want to get in there and just... No. No. And I said, use money to meet our needs to the extent that we are free to advance his kingdom. That's mm-hmm. it. Well, and uh, you know, in our home, we make an effort to really be mindful of our purchases and have a minimalist mm-hmm. type of mentality. Mm-hmm. So... It really is just meeting your needs. Do we have what we need? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. We still oh sure buy things, you know. Oh, but, yeah. You should yeah. have seen all the groceries that Michelle bought for There's this a lot of retreat. <laughs> we need a lot of fish and bread this weekend. I need a big lunch box. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And she's a good and she's a wonderful caretaker. She's, oh, she's so is Brenda. <laughs> so, she needs to learn how to take it as well. A compliment. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, that was good. Oh, wow. I want to share the love. I know. I understand. She's, I understand. I, it's her connecting yeah. us. <laughs> you guys, this community is just so, and you're getting, I think, a feel for it here just by the interaction. I mean, we don't judge each other. We're for each other. We're in harmony. And we have these kinds of discussions all the time. And it's so awesome to do it around the Bible and what God is is working how the Holy Spirit's working on us yeah this is the most valuable stuff right here you can't purchase anything that is as valuable as this time here you you can't you will never recreate it (laughs) right yeah Yeah, you're absolutely right I love it what is what is today this is the golden hour ooh what's the date today somebody tell me the 30th the 29th 29th 29th. alright so we're gonna read the verse of the day going a little long today but that's okay so I want everybody after I read this just a quick thought from everybody on how this impacts them demonstrate your trust in me so funny that's just who we're talking about that's a god way (laughs) that was in bold demonstrate your trust in me by sitting quietly in my presence put aside all that is waiting to be done and refuse to worry about anything the sacred time together, oh my gosh, strengthens you and prepares you to face whatever the day will bring. By waiting with me before you begin the day's activities, you proclaim the reality of my living presence. This act of faith, waiting before working, is noted in the spirit world, where your demonstration of trust weakens principalities and powers of darkness. 
The most effective way to resist evil is to draw near me. When you need to take action, I will guide you clearly through my spirit and my word. The world is so complex and overstimulating that you can easily lose your sense of direction. Doing countless unnecessary activities will dissipate your energy. When you spend time with me, I restore your sense of direction. As you look to me for guidance, I enable you to do less but accomplish more. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And finally from Proverbs, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. For the love. <laughs> <laughs> Preach it, girl. That's what you it. got? What that's, you got? No, that's it. I mean, that's it. that was the theme. That happens all the time, I feel like, when we start on something, a theme comes. So I think for me, it's the hashtag believe today. Mm-hmm. How about you, Russell? Well, I always think, you know, I mean, what I, what I said to Michelle, it's so important for us to receive when people are giving, you know, and, and I... I'm not good about t- about taking compliments either. Sometimes it's like you know, and as you as you read that, you think about you know, he's talking about you know the things that we need to do. But we've got to, we've got to learn to receive. If we don't receive well, we can't give well. Oh, I like that. Yes. How are you, Michelle? Well, it's interesting that the word trust came up because this morning, I mean, you never know what squirrely direction your brain's going to take. You. <laughs> <laughs> but this morning. Um, trust has really been on my heart and I was trying to think back to some of the early moments when I stopped trusting Mm -hmm. and he says at the very beginning trust in me like you don't have to worry about when your trust was broken (laughs) with other people you know or how people are going to fail you all the time but, like that's just how we're designed. Yeah. So yes. it's gonna happen today. It's, it's gonna, gonna happen, happen tomorrow. Today. So stop looking for the evidence that you can't trust humans when all we need to do is trust in oh, the Lord. Isn't that freeing, really Michelle? Yeah. I mean, think about that. That's just, that gave me goosebumps yeah. right here. <laughs> it frees your mind. Yeah. Yeah. It does. To be serving Him. Right. And that's what all He wants. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, do not worry. <laughs> Yes. He said that in here. Do yes. not worry. Because yeah. he knows that's a Satan trick. Yeah. Because if we're worrying, we're not focusing on him. We're not focusing on love. We're not doing for his kingdom. Right. Oh, it's so powerful. I love the Proverbs. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. Amen. Yes. Search my heart. Yeah. If our, you know, if we commit everything to him, we're going to succeed. Yeah. It's, it's a given. So to the extent that we aren't succeeding, it's because we haven't committed. There's something we're holding on to that we haven't. That's the way I look at it for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, so that's why I always say every morning, all right, dude, search my heart. What haven't I given? What haven't I surrendered to you? Search my heart and reveal it to me. And I promise to the best of my ability, if you reveal it to me, I'm on it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make it happen. It's beautiful. And what do I need to receive? Yes. Boom! There we go. All right, you guys, thank you so much. We went a little long today, but I think that you 
hopefully will enjoy it. Pass this podcast on to somebody else. Subscribe to this podcast, you guys. This is powerful stuff we feel, the four of us collectively here. And um, maybe there's just one person out there that needs to hear this. We, I talked to um, a guy in Lincoln the other day. I was preparing for one-on-one with him. He's an accountant dude in Lincoln. And in preparation for a meeting, he said, I listened to your podcast. And he spent the first five minutes just on fire and so happy. He said, I'm an accountant. And I always tell people, I put God and I put family and I put story before ROI. And other accountants look at me like I'm nuts. He said, but you... I listen to you and Brenda and you guys have it right and I, he feels like he said I feel like I'm I'm home <laughs> and I'm like dude well you're in our business now mm-hmm. you you're gonna be part of this tribe so that's the power so you know maybe there is somebody out there that needs to hear this and needs to be empowered by what we're doing because we are we're gonna be bold we're gonna transform some lives we're gonna get people out of isolation into community okay so until next time Have a fantastic, fantastic day. You guys can go out and love somebody. Make a difference in somebody's world. That's that's the key. That's what we can do today. Don't worry about the crazy crap that's going on. Or don't turn on the news. Or I could go on forever. Just go out and love somebody. That's it. Brilliant. All right. Thanks, you guys. And until next time, this is Robert Bolden, Life Transform. We get people out of isolation into community. We are the intentional gatherers. We'll see you next time.